Hello, welcome to another episode of Life Law Podcast. I remain your host, Debbie Dowesi Ajum. Did you hear that bit in the intro? Uh-huh, I know, right? So we're switching things up for the better, and I'm glad you're still with me on this journey. For this episode, I'm going to continue reading from my short story collection titled Campus Life Chaos. Do note that this is a work of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents are products of my imagination and are used fictitiously. So any resemblance to actual persons, living or dead, business establishments, events, or locals is entirely coincidental. The title of today's episode is God Forbid... You don't need no makeup Even when you wake up Body like Indian ketchup Oh, 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 oh. your body make them shut up You wanna know your network Lego man be like what? If I die young, bury me inside Lay me down on a bed of roses Your ringtone echoes in a deep part of your mind You twist and turn in bed And for a moment the offensive sound fades away. Then it springs back even louder. Sink me in a river at dawn. Send me away with the words of a love song. You groan, pissed at whoever is disturbing your sweet sleep so early in the morning. You grab your pillow and hold it tightly over your head in an effort to block out the sound, but on a second thought, blindly search for the noisy gadget and answer the phone without opening your eyes. Mm-hmm. You say grudgingly, in form of greeting, and at the same time, ordering the person to go straight to their reason for ringing you. Babe, you still didn't sleep? Your best friend's voice, clear as day, resonates at the other end of the line. Check group chats. We have Professor Jonah by 8 this morning. She continues. It's a fixed class. Wake up! Wake up! You scream into the pillow, careful not to wake any of your roommates that might still be sleeping. You sigh in surrender. Say the Lord's Prayer and jump down from the double bunk. The time on the war clock says 7 o'clock. It's not so early after all. You mutter under your breath. You're the only one awake, so you go about your business noiselessly. You open your locker, grab your toothbrush, and press a generous amount of toothpaste on it. You bring out your electronic heater. You connect it to a socket and dip it inside your bucket of water. You've been out of gas for a week now and every day. You ask yourself what you would have done without the heater, your lifesaver in this Hammertown weather. You get a cup of water and step outside. The bright and harsh yellowy morning sun hits you straight in the face as soon as you open the door. The blinding entity casts an aggressive glow on you, enveloping you in a spotlight like you're on a stage, about to perform. You shield your eyes from the overpowering rays of the sun with the arm holding the cup and try to take in your environment. The dilapidated brownish-yellow walls of Suleiman Hall look even more depressing with the outwardly glow of the sun on them. The cracks are accentuated. There's a mishmash of smells. Unbearable stenches from the dirty hallways, unwashed toilets, urine, littered gutters, dirty dishes, a pot of burning beans, fresh bread, fried eggs, perfumes, body mist, incense. A beehive of activities are going on. Girls are running around with buckets of water. 
toothbrushes in mouth and towels tied around their chests. Some are standing on the balconies with mirrors outstretched in one hand and powder foams, lipsticks, combs, mascaras in the other. Some are washing dishes on the balconies and throwing the dirty water down in the gutters. Others are rushing to class, walking briskly. Someone on the floor below yours is advertising her wear. Freshly baked pancakes here. Sisters, buy pancakes. You walk to the part kitchen, part laundry room, maneuvering the trash from the beans scattered about in the hallway, definitely by the stray cats in the hostel while humans snored. The room is filthier than a pig's thigh. Rice, spaghetti, stalks of garlic and pepper, rotten tomatoes, eggshells, onion peels are swimming elegantly in the blackish water that is gathered in a pool at the entrance. Part of it overflowing to the corridor and traveling through the crevice on the floor all the way to the edge of the building where it slides down and drips on any unfortunate person who passes without noticing it, but you are not surprised. If there was a prize for the laziest and most late-to-work cleaner, it would go to yours, the one in charge of your floor. You stand at the door and brush, adding to the mess already created by the girls who came and disposed of their dirty waters here instead of going inside to use the sink, or the ones who performed ablution right here at the door. A girl comes out of the toilet, where there's also a bathroom, and coughs out an enormous mucus, making a loud gurgling sound, and spits it over the balcony blindly. You imagine the fight, more words and less limbs, that would metamorphose if it had landed on someone below. However, the action proves one thing. The toilet is probably filthier than the kitchen slash laundry room, so you'd have to hold your breath when you go to shower and be out of there in less than three minutes. You resign to your fate, deep down blaming it all on Professor Jonah. Wash your face and head back to your room. You exchange brief but cordial words with one of your roommates that is now awake and decide to pick out your outfit for the day. Your water is boiling already, so you turn it off. Five minutes later, you're out of the room with your bucket of water in one hand and shower bag in another, but you meet a different atmosphere outside. The cleaner in charge of your floor is around, unlike her, and furious. She's standing in the center of the hallway, broom and a jar of disinfectant in hand, a towel rag hanging loosely over her shoulder and ranting in Hausa. You have no idea what she's saying, but her eyes sparkle when she sees you and she continues to talk rapidly and energetically, almost as if she's now addressing you. None of the girls in the rooms on your floor are outside, but you know they can hear the cleaner inside their rooms. Bah, Hausa, you inform her while gesturing by shaking your head so she's aware you don't understand a single word she has uttered and slip back inside your room to call your roommate who understands Hausa to come out and translate. She assumes a fervent tone as soon as your roommate comes out and asks her what the problem is. You're running late, but you'd like to get to the root of the issue. What is she saying? You whisper to your roommate. She's a person sheets for toilets. So? Not in the WC, but on the floor, and that she can't be cleaning our poop when we're not kids. This information makes unwanted saliva take refuge in your mouth, but you stay glued to the cement floor, not making any effort to dispose of it. Now it all makes sense to you. The reason that girl had spat so aggressively after leaving the toilet. Or is she the culprit? You wonder. Zomuje, Zomuje, the cleaner's loud voice jerks you back to the moment. You see her signaling to the two of you to follow her. 
She wants us to see it so we don't think she's lying, your roommate clarifies. You hesitate at first, but then begin to take slow, cautious steps behind her. Your roommate follows in your shoes. By now, the news has reached the ears of those who can understand Hausa and some girls are leaning on their door frames, some peeping, refusing purposely to venture outside or even to go take a look at the reason for the cleaner's rage. The cleaner pauses at the door to the toilet and directs you to inside with a wave of a hand. One foot in and you almost retreat. The foul smell is gut-wrenching. You cover your nose with the hem of your towel and forge on while the cleaner continues to verbally chastise the unknown perpetrator outside. Tiny poop line up the center of the dirty and slippery towel floor, like brown ants in transit. And the farther you go in, the bigger their sizes become. It looks as if the person had been stolen and couldn't make it inside the toilet before the liquid-like waste came running down. There's an overpowering smell of urine to the left where the white-tiled wall has assumed a darkish color and there was once a functioning tap. Now the tap is rusted and ugly. The dustbin, which is just the base of a yellow plastic jerrycan, overflows with used sanitary products and papers, soap and shampoo bottles and empty tubes of toothpaste. More spider webs grow at the corner of the toilet where the cleaner's broom never reaches. There are black insects on the dirty tiled walls, some mosquitoes, some of unknown species to you. The gray doors to the toilet stalls by your right have written on them in black or red permanent markers, meaningless or obscene words or names with ugly handwritings. Boss lady, fork you, pussy sweet, suck dick, Triple A was here and gone, alhamdulillah, etc. All in the shameful name of creating a graffiti. One of the doors is open and you can see dried poop splashed all over the toilet seat. Big flies buzzing around it. You look away, disgusted, and your eyes land on the unwrapped used sanitary pads at the top of the stalls. Some with fresh blood inside them, others dried and black. There's a black polythene amongst the pads and once again, just like the first time you saw it a week ago, you suspect it's filled with poop. The cleaner's cleaning tools never reach that high, yet girls keep leaving trash there instead of disposing them properly in the bin. The chief of all the smells in the toilet is located at the end of the room, on the floor full of spirogyras, next to the big windows with open louvers. More gigantic green flies are feasting on this sumptuous meal, clearly enjoying themselves with the tiny whitish maggots that are diving in and out of the poop. The sight sends your insides clenching. You contain a hiccup, one you're sure will come out as puke and turn abruptly, making for the exit, with about a step in between you and your roommate who is muffling, ah, God forbid, do, God forbid, in her wrapper that is firmly covering her nose. The moment you two are safely outside, you walk back to your room silently, stopping at the door of the kitchen and the laundry room to spit on the form earlier formed from your toothpaste. Almost everyone is outside now and openly discussing the issue at hand. But who go do that kind thing? I'm sure the person did it at night when everyone was sleeping. The cleaner seen a water water sheet save, God forbid. The floor representative is saying something about taking the matter to the whole administration. The cleaner is threatening not to wash the toilet or clean the entire floor. The girls are now all laying curses on the shit face, but you're sure the culprit is also among them. Maybe even the one hurling the most treacherous insults. You pick up your now tepid water and take it back inside your room. You are not going to shower. You're not going anywhere either. 
to hell with Professor Jonah and his class. You've just listened to the second episode of Life Flow Podcast. I upload new episodes every two weeks, so kindly like and subscribe so you don't miss out on my new content. If you really enjoyed this episode, and I'm sure you did, please leave a review and share my podcast with friends, family, loved ones, or people you think would really enjoy my stories. I'd really appreciate that. If you'd love to talk to me, my social media links can be found in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. Bye for now. You don't need no makeup Even when you wake up Body like Indian ketchup Now you they listen to my track. Mm.